is a box, a musical box, wound up and ready to play. Can you guess what is in it today? This is Box 39 with Bill Lawrence and Adrian Cohen. Joined this week by Ian Tallentire. Hello and welcome to Box 39, our magazine of music community, humour and chat, live from Studio One here at the mighty, majestic and very well polished Colm Radio Towers on 106.6 FM. Now because of social distancing and recent public health requirements, we're actually not in Colm Radio Towers. We are recording in a secret location, absolutely live for tonight's Box 39 and I am with my co-presenter Ian Tallentire. Hello Ian. Hello Bill and good evening everybody. Fantastic to be here in the Cone Radio bunker. Socially distanced from you Bill. Can you hear me? I can, I can. It, it is a wonderful bunker so if you want to send us your texts or emails about our show please do. So what is our show all about tonight Ian? Normal. Okay, tell me just a little bit more. What do you mean by normal? It's the whole concept, is it? Absolutely, Bill. As always, it's a good, you know, it is really, really useful to look at a definition. So according to the dictionary, it's all about conforming to a standard. Something showing a typical, expected, common or usual approach to something. It's probably used more commonly to imply well, in all honesty, a lack of deviation from what has been discovered or established as the most common or expected. Let's open Box 39 once more, begin our journey of imagination, music and all things normal.
Under normal circumstances, Adrian does the musicologies for Box 39, giving pertinent, useful and interesting snippets of information about each song that we play. However, things aren't normal, as Adrian missed the memo about our move to the Colm Radio Bunker for this show. So, I shall be taking over the duties of musicology this week, as well as taking Adrian's not inconsiderable fee, which my accountant will be declaring as double tax deductible. Oh, and this is Sasha Sloan and her song called Normal. Box 39 here on Colm Radio 106.6 FM. I'm Bill Lawrence and I'm with Ian Tallentire tonight and our show is all about normal. Now Ian, you gave a definition just before we listen to that music. Are there any other definitions? Um, well, yeah. I mean, we spoke really, didn't we, about how it's quite often used in a negative way. It's normally used, it's funny isn't it, because you can't get away from normally and normal. Um, it's more commonly used <laughs> to say when someone's probably deviating from what we view as being normal. So when you're going against a common standard. But the other definition would be quite mathematical, quite technical. Um, there's one about a line crossing an axis at a right angle being normal to it. Oh no, I think we can leave that one, leave that one alone, uh, just for a while anyway, certainly with my mathematical understanding. What, but there must be other words that we use more commonly than normal that express the same idea. Well, yeah, there are, and um, there definitely are, because, and you've just, funnily enough, used one of them, which is commonly. And uh, then there's words like regular, yes. typical, as we've already mentioned as well, yeah. ordinary, or even average, which almost, yeah. yeah. Well, average sounds to me, you're getting a bit mathematical again. <laughs> Sorry, Bill. <laughs> I, I remember at school, lots of different types of average, which used to very much confuse me. You mentioned deviation and normal. Now you're going about average. Is it really all very mathematical? I think you might just have started mind reading, Mr. Lawrence. Why, what do you mean there? Well, sometimes, you know, Bill, I really think I'm wasted here. Dancing in your past, so you're acting like. 
people And it's hard to believe sometimes We can pretend we're normal people And I can repeat those times And I can repeat those times, yeah This is Joji featuring guest vocalist Ray Brown with their 2020 song Normal People. In verse 2, Ray sings that we can pretend we are normal people, we can pretend we are boring people. Well, come on, Ray. I've spent several evenings with you on the dance team at the Dog and Maggot here in Wivenhoe, and no need to pretend, Ray. Boring would be an understatement. Grown men would cry to hear your tales of the apps on your phone, your personal sleep habits, your ex-wife. Come on, Ray. No need to pretend. You are very boring. As the French would say, vous êtes très boring. The devil came back. He's dancing in the past. So you're acting like you need me now. Hey. So tell me if I'm Bill Lawrence here with Ian Tallentire in the Colne Radio Bunker on 106.6 FM and bringing you our show of music and imagination and the idea this week of normal. Now we asked for emails and texts and we've got one come in. Uh, this one is a text and it's from a regular listener's wife. Now uh, Mango Dread often writes in well, this is from his wife, uh, whose name is Peachy. And Peachy says, Is it normal to think that what we used to consider not normal is becoming normal? In other words, is there a new normal? Now, that's interesting, isn't it? Is there a new normal? What, what's becoming more normal then, Ian? I'm not sure, Bill, because oh, it's so long ago that things were normal that this is definitely the new normal. Yes. I think that's the way I'd sum it up. It's all a bit weird, really. Even those few weeks ago when we got locked down again, you know, you, you know, it wasn't even normal then. Well, not, not like I remember it when <laughs> I was a teenager. No, that's interesting, isn't it? What do you remember as normal? That we could maybe get onto that, that uh, there is no such thing as an average. D not, not when you remember your childhood in black and white, no. <laughs> we must answer Peachy's question. Uh, as she so kindly written in, texted in. So what is becoming normal? Is there, what is now the new normal? Well, I think it's quite an interesting question. Yeah. In fact, it's a very interesting question, particularly the two words used where Peachy emphasizes 
more normal. Yeah. And I, I'm going to get a bit technical here because I suspect you can move towards the normal or the norm by altering your behaviour. But fundamentally, you are what you are, and I am what I am, and we can change. But hang on, Ian. Okay. Hang on, just stop you there. Stop you there. It's starting to sound a bit heavy. This isn't 11 o'clock on uh, at night on Radio 4. Uh, remember, you didn't get that job actually there, so you just got to. You, they didn't want you. So if you just wind your neck in a, a bit, couple of inches, put your feet back on the ground, and uh, talk to us in about what's becoming more normal, please. Well, I guess feet on the ground solidly. In the last few months, what is becoming more normal is the use of words like COVID, yeah. lockdown, Ooh. pandemic, well-being, physical, and mental, and health, and we can individually influence those things and how they affect us and how we are affected by them. Well, yeah, but how, well, how can we influence them? Well, many people would say have a positive mental attitude, um, but that's easy, that's, sorry, that's not easy mm. if you've just lost your job. Um, you're stuck in all day, you can't meet up with friends and family, you can't go to the pub, or a club. Um, yeah, I, I understand that. It, it, it is very difficult, but what is the answer? Well, part of the answer is routine. Set your alarm so you don't sleep through the morning. Try to eat three meals a day, not just for the regular calories, but because it sets out a normal pattern to our everyday existence. Do the preparation for them properly. Set the table beforehand. Wash up after each meal. Sit down, eat your meals slowly. Have a conversation if you're in the room with anybody else. It helps us to use up that time in the day positively and it can be rewarding. And I guess most importantly, it helps to keep your day, day, <laughs> and yeah. your night, Night, which I've been told in the past is one of the most important things to establish. Okay, that's that's really good. I understand that. Routines, um, trying to create a normal pattern. But that's so far so good. But anything else? Well, I know that in your case, Mr. Lawrence, there is a certain Charlie that is a very important part of your existence. Not my cocaine. You mean my dog, my four-legged <laughs> friend. <laughs> I, think, I think we should leave those ones well out of it. They're not good for you. No, my, my four-legged <laughs> friend, my little dog. Yeah, your little dog. So you have a really positive and healthy reason to step outside twice a day to exercise in. Yeah, that's uh, at least twice, yes. Yeah. So, as you'll know then, walking, you know, whether it's with or without a dog, running, or just simply stepping outside and breathing in that fresh air, it's a really positive thing for us. And it's something that hasn't been restricted so far. So let's all get out there, whether for a morning or afternoon stroll, kick the leaves around, they're lovely and crunchy this yeah. time of year. You can get them at least four feet off the ground if you try step into and out of those puddles because there's plenty of those as well or simply enjoy that beautiful autumnal palette of colour. That's a wonderful picture you're painting there and do you know I have to admit uh, Ian that my walks with Charlie can be the highlight of my day. 
So what else do you do then, Bill, to achieve structure and a bit of normality in your day? Um, okay, I read the papers in the morning. Uh, I read them online, so it's pretty easy. I have uh, a couple of subscriptions. It's um, uh, free. It doesn't cost anything. Just need an email account. Um, I look at the sports and just before I go to bed I do read a book 20 to 30 minutes of a good book so it's a bit of a regular thing and I do what you say actually just make sure all the washing up is done not and I need to get it done but it's that structure it's the yeah. end of the day all sorted and a little little walk with Charlie last thing at night and it's that funny little thing isn't it that by doing all those small things finishing off the washing putting the uh, the dry pots and pans away it just gives you that little warm glow before you go off to bed and relax down into your, your warm, snuggly bed, uh, as you say, <laughs> as you say, with that good book. Actually, Ian, I've got a question for you. Yeah, go on, man. I'm interested. That's interesting. Can I buy, or can one buy, happiness? Can one buy well-being? <laughs> now, now, uh, earlier in this program, you said we weren't on Radio Four, true, true, and true. I think that's a bit of a Radio Four question myself. Yeah. But it is. It's both an interesting question, rather bizarrely, yeah. there is an answer to it. Um, yeah. I was on, a, I was on a, an educational course recently. Ah, uh, still, they're still <laughs> trying to educate you then. Well, <laughs> I, I think the phrase is they're trying. Yeah. Um, and the course was two elements on mental health. And one of the contributors mentioned what you needed to achieve, sorry, what you needed to earn yeah. to achieve happiness an emotional well-being. They actually gave you a figure in pounds. Um, that you'd actually need to be earning between 46 and 55 and a half thousand pounds a year. Right. Whereas for happiness, you'll need to be earning about 73,000. Oh, that is rather more than uh, most people have. That's a lot of money. Exactly, more than most people. Um, the average UK salary earlier this year, I think July was the last figures that came out, was only 30,100. I say only, you know, yeah. it's, a, it's a chunk of money and lots of people survive on less, but the average income in the UK, 30,100. So you're going to have to be earning somewhere around one and a half to two and a half times average income to have that emotional and uh, physical well-being feeling and then to be happy as well. But what you haven't said is actually, do you get happier and happier the more you earn over 73,000? Will you just keep getting happier? When, you know, when you're getting up to the millions, are you super happy? And the interesting answer is that that is a big, big emphatic no. Happiness peaks around an income level of 73,000. And by the time you're earning 81,000, so, you know, 10% more approximately, your level of happiness will be dropping again.
this is the average white band and their most successful song from 1975, Pick Up The Pieces. With its funky guitar line and horn melody popping the groove, it's a song that has been used in many films, TV shows, video games and more. It was in the movie Superman 2. In an episode of The Simpsons, it was used as a theme for the German political talk show Sabine Christensen and in the classic 2004 rom-com Bridget Jones' The Edge of Reason. However, it's his use in the British soap opera EastEnders, in the classic scene when used car salesman Frank Butcher proposes to his future wife Peggy Mitchell wearing nothing but a revolving bow tie and a bowler hat that moved the song into the higher echelons of musical fame. But don't take my word for it, that episode of EastEnders has been downloaded over one billion times on YouTube. You don't have to agree with everyone in your community. And you don't have to be like everyone in your community. But communities is a place to feel home and a place to just be you. For me, communities is about creating your own normal. Normal is complicated. It depends so much on who you are, who the people around you are. And normal is not an objective thing. It's not natural. It is completely subjective and created in society. But we can challenge, change, expand and stretch what is and what isn't normal. This might be easier in small communities. But norms are also highly contagious and spread. And we can all change society's normal. is Box 39. Uh, I'm Bill Lawrence and uh, presenting with me this week is Ian, Ian Tallentire. We're here at the Cong Radio Bunker uh, because we have to socially distance and we are on 106.6 FM and you're very welcome if you want to text or, or uh, email us, please do. So this week our journey of music and imagination has included a journey to normal and we've been discussing what is normal. Now, in the last piece, Ian, uh, we didn't really talk about normal, did we? So we moved us on to the, we talked about the great outdoors and we talked about happiness and we talked about money. Yeah, and very interesting, Bill, that you set them in that order. 
Uh, no more psychoanalysis of me. Uh, <laughs> let's just get back to normal, or not normal, or are you going to be uh, deviate yet again? Well, okay, I was enjoying myself and deviation is important when discussing normal uh. or not normal when talking about people. Um, deviation from the norm here is a person who differs markedly from a group norm. I see where you're going with this. That so, makes sense. Yeah, so what would that be? Differing markedly from a group norm, what, what's that mean? Height, colour of eyes, length of nose, um, hair length, thickness of hair. Uh, well, this is very interesting because we've just had an email. This sort of picks in with this. This is from uh, Dave from uh, Dave's Burger Van in Stanway. And you know, he's on the entrance of the golf course there. And uh, Dave says he's just been filling in um, the application form or the form online for online dating. And everything he filled out, he put normal. So he put normal for height, um, uh, absolutely weights, uh, income, he put normal for everything, except he said he put in um, extremely high levels for his, uh, his culinary ability. Is that for his burger flipping and caramelising of onions? Well, they are good, I they, have to I, say. I would admit they are, um, yes, There's never extreme if that's what he ticks. And whenever a show goes by where we don't pop down to Dave, who's still open when we finish uh, for uh, a triple decker burger. With cheese with cheese perfect would that would that normal normal also we're talking about Dave here but for you I mean would that normal cover your choice of toupee color when you know compared to the colors chosen by other toupees your are known for a particularly sort of light and bright colour toupee. I think about like Dave and his burgers and his caramelised onions, I would be extreme, Bill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I probably agree with that, actually. <laughs> Get away from your toupee, uh, uh, as many, many people have said in the past. Now, earlier you implied that mathematics could be part of this show. I did, but on the other hand, I thought we'd talk about goats. What do you say, goats? Exactly. Goats. Why, yeah, why not? I like goats. <laughs> and the principle works for other animals and non-breeding stuff. So, I mean, let, let, me, let me try and explain. Yeah, please the do. The average, and uh, this is just an example, Bill. Don't get yeah. too carried away by yeah, the yeah. facts and figures. This is not an ex This is not a, uh, you know, an extremely accurate <laughs> okay. portrayal of the average weight of a goat. <laughs> but for this instance, the average or normal weight of all goats is 50 kilograms. Right. That doesn't make a 59.5 kilogram goat abnormal. And we can increase the level of normality by adding a statistical variable that allows for deviation. Now, are you with me? Uh, I am possibly, keep going. Okay, so if you make the variable 10%, that allows a deviation from the normal of five kilograms in each direction. Yes. Thus making the normal body mass for goats between 45 and 55 kilograms. Right, okay. So you've got characteristics and we've got mass with our goats. Is there anything else, or shouldn't I ask? <laughs> well, on the basis I know that occasionally you teach, probably the thing we shouldn't be talking about is behaviour. Behaviour? Yeah, well, if you think about it, society has written, 
now the laws yeah. and unwritten rules yeah. about normal behaviour. And if you deviate from that norm in a bad way, it is likely that you may be referred to as a deviant. <laughs> right, I get that. But you just said deviate in a very bad way. Surely you can deviate in a good way? Yeah, of course you can. Let's think about, uh, well, we're talking about COVID. So post first COVID lockdown and the escape to the beaches, it almost sounds like the Normandy landings, doesn't it? <laughs> as soon as people could, they got out. And what happened? Well, I think on the very first thing, everyone everyone went to the beach, didn't they? They parked really badly. There was gridlock. Yeah, and some people picked up litter, their own litter, yeah. and other people's litter at the end of the day, um, and went home. And that is behaviour representing a positive deviation from the norm because our expectation would be that we take home just our own litter and not anybody else's. So I suppose you're going to tell me that the negative deviation from the norm in the post-Covid beach situation is people pooing on the beach. Yes, I am, Bill. Oh, I thought you were going to. from the Drifters, which reached number seven in the UK charts in 1974. The Drifters have undergone so many changes of lineup. There have been 60 vocalists in their 60-year history and numerous splinter groups. Classic quartet lineups have included Doc Green, who once worked at Dixon's, Lloyd Butch Phillips, Philip Camp Lloyd, Johnny Terry, Terry Johnny, Butch Lake, Butch Leake, Dave Revels, Dave Minstrels, Jimi Hendrix, Tarzan Hardcock, and Dave Toblerone. Say you need me down on the beach tonight Where you and I could dance to break of day Underneath the stars to suck guitars There's gonna be an all-night party band Say you'll be there down on the beach tonight Where you and I could dance your tears away Barefoot in the sand We're gonna have an all-night party Say you'll be 
This is Box 39 with Bill Lawrence and Adrian Cohen. Joined this week by Ian Tallentire. So, I am Bill Lawrence and I'm with Ian Tallentire and this is Box 39, the magazine of music and community here live on 106.6 FM Cone Radio and this week our journey of music and imagination is taking in normal and deviants <laughs> and, and deviants and a few goats as well uh, fat ones thin ones well-behaved goats and naughty goats now we have received you'd be glad to know so we can move on from goats we've received an email from some regular listeners, Ron and Reg from Brightlingsea. And Ron and Reg, welcome. Uh, Nice to hear from you again, Ron and Reg. And they've said, during lockdown, we've been taking uh, regular strolls along the seafront here in Brightlingsea. Well, we go past the harbour, we go past the sailing club, and this has become our new normal way of seeing the various people that we like to keep an eye on. And we love to go with our mum, whose name is Norma. How nice. Now, on that theme then, Bill, who is your favourite Norm? Oh, um, favourite Norm. Do you know, I think that would be Norman Wisdom, um, who actually I think we should refer to as Sir Norman Wisdom. I think he's an OBE. Definitely an English actor. He was a comedian. What else was he? He was a, he was a singer. He was a songwriter. Uh, I know him best, I think, for those, and probably everyone else does, for those comedy films he produced in the uh, uh, sort of mid-50s to mid-60s. And he was always a hapless on-screen character, and usually called Norman Pitkin. That's my favourite, Norm. So, which was your favourite film that he started? Ah, uh-huh. well, that's got to be Trouble in Store. <laughs> Trouble in Store. That doesn't sound particularly normal, but there you go. Did he ever disappoint, Bill? Well, not really, because you've got the same performance every time, you know. And did you know, also, he was big in communist Albania. Really? He was... Difficult to have that sort of influence (laughs) from the Isle of Man, really. No, the government from about... Up until they went in the late 1980s, early 1990s, the government probably once a week on national Albanian communist-controlled television played Norman Wisdom films because they believed they were uh, not subversive in in any way. Well, there you go. Yeah. Fascinating. There's something I didn't know. And the other link there will go full circle. What is the most common animal in Albania? The goat. The goat. <laughs> there we are. Well, we're so stitching cool. it together tonight, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So what's, what's your favourite then? Um, my favourite Norm? Yeah. Oh, I think I'd have to go with another Sir. Yeah. Um, Sir Norman Foster, the architect. Ah, now why him? Um, we went to the same school, Bill. Well, he was a... Well, that's interesting. He was, he was a real designer, wasn't he, of a lot of really important buildings. Now, for those local listeners who've been to Ipswich, uh, the big glass, black glass building in the middle there, the Willis Faber building, that was Sir Norman, wasn't it? Sir Norman Foster? It was. Uh, possibly more well-known globally, he designed the um, addition to the Reichstag. He did, yeah. In the, in the, the tw- yeah. 20 noughties. And... Uh, 
30 St Mary Avenue? Axe in London. One of the ones in the city. Yeah. Yeah. That, again, incredible design. And the other one he did, actually, was Wembley Stadium. The new one? Yeah, the new Wembley Stadium with no columns holding it up. Magic. But he was at school with you. You, you knew him. You used um, to share lessons uh, together. Uh, uh, no, Bill. He was born in 1935. Oh, I, know my, I know my toupee <laughs> may lead people to believe I'm older than I am, but we just happened to go to the same establishment. Now, uh, before you get carried away examining <laughs> my toupee collection again, do you have uh, a, another favourite norm? Yeah. Smooth, let's have a bit of smooth jazz. Smooth jazz guitarist and great jazz singer, Norman Brown. Well, to be quite honest, Bill, I've never come across him. Tell me some more. Uh, he's about 50 now, maybe just under. Uh, born in Kansas City in Missouri, right in the middle there. And it's just great. You know, what else do you need to say? You just put the put the disc, a uh, vinyl disc on the turntable, turn, table, turn down the lights, turn up the volume, smooth jazz. And you know, I'll play a track of his later for you. Oh, cheers, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to that already. Yeah, it's a good one. Okay, what, uh, what's your next choice? Um, am I allowed to stretch a point? Certainly. Well, Ron and Reg did, so I guess I can if they've yeah. they created a little bit yeah. of artistic freedom for me. What do you want? I'm gonna choose a Norma. Go on then. Um, born Norma Jean Mortison, um, no. otherwise known as Marilyn Monroe. Oh, of course. Was in one of my all-time favourite films, yeah. Some Like It Hot. I mean, I thought her performance in that was fantastic. Yeah. Though I have to be honest, I think she was somewhat eclipsed by Tony Curtis and Jack Lemmon, who were trying to escape the Mafia after the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Possibly the worst but funniest drag pairing I have ever seen. I sort of agree with that. That's a superb film. Now, look, do I have time to pick another one? Definitely. Well, this one is Norman Hunter. Good choice. Yes, uh, for those of you, he's often known as Bites Your Legs Hunter, a footballer who played for Leeds and England. Bite Your Legs? Yeah. He was... Uh, that's what he was known as. He was a hard tackling centre-half. I mean, he really did go in. And I think, you know, he was responsible for ending careers. He was that hard. And uh, there used to be a banner held up in the in the 1972 FA Cup final, which was Leeds against Arsenal. Very famously, the television cameras uh, went in on a banner which said, uh, Bites your legs, Hunter. <laughs> so he was, I mean, what you're basically saying, he was pretty good. Yeah, he was in the squad for the World Cup, for the 1966 World Cup winners. You know, he didn't, really get to play that much but um, he, and also when they uh, introduced the players player of the year he was the first winner fantastic so did he get a World Cup winner medal no not until a much made many many years later but he did get one so some things have changed for the better so am I allowed a last pick yeah sure okay so I'm gonna choose another Norma and as you know I'm pretty much into my building so I'm gonna yep. choose Norma Merrick Sklarek. She was the first African-American woman to pass her license exam to officially become an architect in both New York and in California. You and your buildings, fantastic. Tell me more. Well, the thing is, I just am heavily into form, style, the materials used, and that conceptual thing of seeing a whole building in your head. I mean, you know, for people to have that ability, it must be fantastic. Yeah. 
And Norma was most recognised for two designs really, the United States Embassy in Tokyo, All right. which was built in 76, and the Terminal 1 train station at Los Angeles International Airport, which was finished in 84. And she's designed plenty of others of note, um, and she also became the first black woman to own her own architectural practice, and it, it actually earned the nickname the Rosa Parks of Architecture, and I just thought, you know, it says it all really. Uh, groundbreaking, um, you know, perseverance, all that energy focused in the right way. Just a fantastic person. Wow, wonderful. She's so marvellous. I'd like to see that Terminal 1 building at Los Angeles one day. One day we'll be going to go and see it. But anyway, for the meantime, let's have something more American. That smooth jazz, I, pro I promised you. No further introduction required. Just put your heads back, close your eyes, and listen. This is Better Days Ahead, from the third studio album of jazz guitarist Norman Brown, released in 1996. Norman Brown is no normal Norman. He grew up in Kansas City in the early 1960s, and aged just eight years old, he duetted at his Christmas nativity play with none other than fellow classmate Barack Obama. In his early teens, Norman joined his first band, playing drums and alto sax sometimes simultaneously. And in 1984, Brown started his first halal soul food restaurant with his sister's boyfriend, Ronnie Big Hands McDonald. And in 1991, Norman became famous as the first person to ever complete a syncopated one-armed jazz shuffle in weightless conditions on the International Space Station, ironically high above that city of Kansas. Norman Brown is definitely not a normal Norman.
these are my onions. One Thing or Another by John Deere. Mother Russia by Gary Ballard. Father and Son by David Price. Colourful Personality by Phil Bose. Original short stories written by our listeners here in our community. Plant Eaters by Tony Pears. Angels by Yvonne P. Nick with Rowan by Steve The Merry Men by Ian Sayers. And there's a whole big bag of my onions blended with gorgeous music every Tuesday evening at 8 and Sunday evening at 10 here on 106.6 FM Colm Radio. Promenade Hotel by Adrian Dill. The Kraken Awakes by Paul Welcome Hooper. Bait by Pamela Ennis. Bill's Big Bag of Onions. Innovative voices, original stories and tasty music. <laughs> person by Arcade Fire and in the chorus they sing I've never really met a normal person and I spent a lot of time this week investigating the truly unusual and abnormal people that have been recorded in that reference book of human achievement and extremes the Guinness Book of World Records. This book first published in 1955 has since become a record breaker in its own right and is now the world's best-selling copyrighted book. The recent edition has featured the longest egg tossing distance 98 meters the largest time spent playing Grand Theft Auto 4, that's 40 hours and 20 minutes, and the number of hot dogs that can be consumed in just three minutes, that's nine. And in a moment of existential postmodernism, the Guinness Book of World Records now includes the world record of the person with the most world records, which is a man called Ashley from New York who holds 220 world records.
you're listening to Box 39 here on 106.6 FM Colm Radio with me, Bill Lawrence, and with my co-presenter this week, Ian Talentire. And we've nearly finished our journey of music and imagination and what is or isn't normal. So as we get to the end of the show, Ian, I'd like to ask you, actually, what's the most normal thing you've done recently? I guess, for me, Bill, it's um, actually going to work, which is becoming quite abnormal for some people. And to be honest, the you know we talked earlier in the programme about structure and the benefits of structure to your life. I have been so lucky, so fortunate, that um, my normal routine has been maintained. I've not had to stop meeting people in that social context of work. So my life has remained in many ways, in inverted commas, normal. And I'm so lucky. Uh, is that true? I would agree with that. I, I pop into work as well. I do three days a week and I am glad that I do that, even though I would agree with you that uh, my work isn't normal, but it's normal to go. But I mean, again, that, that thing which is normal, but actually is not normal, is uh, just going for a pint. For me, maybe that's the most normal thing I've done recently. I'll go for a pint, and I live quite near a pub. I go into the pub, but then I have to sit at a table. Someone comes to serve me. I have to shout across the room to my friends. I can't sit at the same table. So I'm having a normal pint, but it's very abnormal in the way I do it. And you've still not been able to do that for three weeks now. No, I know. Looking forward to next week, then. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> Actually, it's becoming normal for me to have my beers delivered. But anyway, well... well to the table or to your home, to Mr. My home, to my home, to my home. <laughs> but actually, take that... What is the... Let's take that one step further, in. What's the most abnormal thing that you've ever done? There's a big question. Am I going to make this announcement to the uh, Essex locality? Go on, then. Back in my dim and distant past, I used to do a bit of uh, singing. Right. Uh, I know you're not going to persuade me to sing now. Just in the bath? Uh, no, in churches and in concert halls and so on. And I was once fortunate enough to be asked to sing for quite a reasonable musical company, otherwise known as the English National Opera Company, wow. <laughs> as a choir boy uh, in a production of Tosca. So the most abnormal thing I ever did was walking on stage at the Palace Theatre in Manchester in front of two and a half thousand people under the spotlights and having to open my mouth and sing. Wow, well, that is pretty unusual and uh, something to be rightly proud of, I should imagine. Uh, I think it was petrifying at the time. <laughs> I think pride might have come into it a couple of weeks after. Well, I think sometimes the abnormal things we do are often uh, things we fear and that's why they, we don't do them usually. And for me, the most abnormal thing I think I've ever done would involve a large amount of being petrified. Um, just about 18 months ago, I was in India with a place called Jodhpur, uh, high in the uh, Rajasthan deserts there. Sort of desert you'd get in uh, Los Angeles, you know, cactuses and dust, that sort of thing. And I took a zip wire over the desert. I flew over lakes and gorges and I actually had to step off a platform which was 192 meters above the ground beneath me. 192 meters, that's 410 feet of the hill and then the uh, fort on top of it, the Maharanga 
default, which is 120 feet, so 630 feet or 192 meters. And I had just this little bar under my little bot and uh, a little wire and I had to step off. And at which point did you tell them that you were scared of heights? <laughs> <laughs> That's it, that's normal. We've looked at normal, we've looked at abnormal. It's been a wonderful show. We've now reached the end, Ian. Uh, coming up on Box 39, Red Button, uh, you've got another chance to hear a wonderful guest we had recently on Red Button, Neil Darcy-Jones, creative writer, sort of theatre director, a sort of um, a playwright as well, a cultural polymath. So keep listening to that. I'd like to thank you, Ian, for coming into my bunker, coming all the way down here, uh, getting through the security security uh, it's been great fun it has Bill and thank you it's not often I get to talk about deviance on the radio so I've really enjoyed it or goats or goats for that matter so from down here in the bunker studio from behind my mask in my gloves and behind my PPE under the grounds and fertile lands of northeast Essex it's time for us to close box 39 once more, be seeing you, be seeing you. Tom Jones first sang It's Not Unusual back in 1965, but it's not unusual, it's really normal as the long list of cover versions shows over the years, and these include Sandy Shaw, The Supremes, The Wedding Present, Glenn Campbell, Lou Reed, Taylor Swift, and so many more. It's not unusual to be loved by anyone It's not unusual to have fun with anyone but when I see you hanging about with anyone It's not unusual to see me cry I want to die It's not unusual to go out at any time But when I see you out and about at such a cry should ever want to be loved by anyone It's not unusual, it happens every day No matter what you say You find it happens all the time Love will never do what you want it to do this crazy love be mine Salman Rushdie, Bruce Lee, Lionel Messi, Greta Thunberg, Amelia Earhart, George Orwell, J.K. Rowling, J.R.R. Tolkien, Pele, Lord Baden-Powell, Diana Ross It's not unusual to be mad with anyone it's not unusual to be sad with anyone But if I ever find that you've changed at any time It's not unusual to find out that I'm in love with you
Talk 39 is a Guppy production for Cohen Radio and is committed to a varied, equitable and truly inclusive output that properly reflects the ethnic diversity of our community audience. Music